Happy Hump Day, everyone, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quickie and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always is Misty Andy, Andy Molitor. Andy, how are you today? How are you feeling? And are you excited to talk a little golf today? This is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, played the course last night. I played the course actually twice yesterday. I need a practice round on it because it's just gorgeous. Like whoever designed it did a good job. They put a lot. The tide was definitely in on the the course I played. It'll be interesting to see how that works out with the uh, how much water there actually is compared to the the uh, the one on the internet. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped for the another major. The offerings I've seen at the books have been bountiful, plentiful, almost too much. Like when you get to one of these big tournaments, it's just like when you get to the NBA playoffs or NFL standalone games, you start looking at props. It's like, Jesus Christ, there's so many, so many different things. Like I need to temper it. And I don't know, maybe that's something. Should we just hit that with James? Obviously, James Mazzola at JMazJD. You know him. You love him. You've heard of him. He's on Twitter. He's on the Poor Profit Podcast. He's your partner you know, on the do, Matchbook Podcast. We do the Matchbook Pod together. You know, I'm, he's a beautiful California guy, up early. <laughs> Maybe that. Well, that's my question to you, and I, I think you do a decent job of managing your your bankroll as well. Like you, you, you keep things in check. You're not just going nuts, but like, do you, does that ever come to mind when you're hitting a major like this? When it's like, all right, maybe maybe I have too many head to heads. Like, would you ever say I have too many head to heads? I'm not betting this next edge. You know, it's it's interesting because the the offerings in general have just become insane since COVID. I mean, back in pre COVID, it was like 20, 30, 40 head to heads, and we were just kind of scraping at it. But when they had no other choice but to just put forth as many, they really haven't gone backwards. So I think last week, you know, we were doing the matchup pod, and, and they had like a hundred and something matchups for the freaking Byron Nelson, which was an absolute shit golf tournament. So, like, you know, this is the, on the prop side of things. On the other hand, like, I honestly just suck at them. Like, maybe it's just because you don't get enough reps with these, like, you know, different. I have a hard time making numbers for a lot of these props because we only see them you know, for the majors and then obviously for the players. So I've learned to like not go after them as hard as I want because I'll have some strong convictions. And then I just, I don't, again, I don't know if it's, it's because like my numbers don't really correlate to the props market well, or, you know, it could obviously just be bad variants, but I, I've never really done well in that market. So I try and stay away, um, but maybe we could find some to, to attack this week. That'd be awesome. I'd, I'd be down hundred percent. And I think that's probably a good way to put it. Like if you know, I just can't price this market. Like, I'm not going to bet it. Like, there's plenty of those where it's just like, how would you even attack? I, I, somebody like brought that line. I have no well, idea that, what to do with that. that. That came up. I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. Somebody asked about, like, the uh, the the winning score prop. Yeah. Like, I'd say the, the winning score prop, I will only bet at Augusta. And not every year, only if I actually have, like, a, a take, a strong take on how the course, how the, how the field's going to play. And actually, one it was not looking good because of how he, Mister uh, Matsu, was playing. But uh, he ended up having like a, just an okay Sunday with a, a big lead, and I think I won by like the hook. Those are always priced pretty damn well. So good. Like you'll you'll see them once in a while off, but like someone asked about that, it's like, hey, you know, the last time we saw this course was like a World Cup. <laughs> or you know something like like are we are we really gonna are we really gonna take stuff from the 2012 PGA and try to forecast how this field is gonna play and who's gonna win? Especially a weird one where like a guy won by eight strokes. If Rory doesn't run away, that that final score looks way different. So um, yeah, th- there are markets like that where you just cross them off right away. I'm or not even waste, don't you waste your time. Throw a little, just throw you know quarter units at it if you just want some action more or less. Really, yeah, take it easy on those. 
I was looking at something, the first one that popped out to me, and I haven't seen this market before. Who's going to have the best round of the entire tournament? I haven't looked at this before. It looks like it basically just mirrors the odds for the outrights for the most part. I mean, have you ever even thought about that, or are you going to take a look at maybe something like that? Because I imagine with something like this that, again, looks like it mirrors the outrights, maybe there is some value in somebody to hire a number who might just pop on Thursday or Friday. You know, with those, you could, if, if you dove in, I, my guess is you could probably figure out like just some really high variance guys, like guys who just can go absolutely bonker nuclear low, who also probably can go bonker nuclear high at the same time. I mean, when we talk about guys at the top of the market who can just get it going, pretty much all of them have that ability. But for me, like a guy like Rama is more of a, a steady guy. Like he's going to go like 69, 69, 68, 68. And then you got a guy like JT who, you know, he'll hit it so close with his irons that if he ever gets his putter going, you're looking at, you know, he could easily shoot 64, 65. So for me, like, you know, that would be a comparison at the top of the market of a guy who like, I would never take wrong for that, but I could definitely take like a JT, even a Rory can get it going. We've seen DJ, um, you know, and then you have like your more steady Eddie guys who, uh, you know, just you know, fairways and greens, you know, those kind of dudes who, you know, don't do anything too special, but are obviously super solid all around. Like, like a Xander would be a guy who, who typically gets it super, super low. He's more of a, you know, steady, you know, just, just basically, you know, playing the golf course, not making any mistake kind of, kind of player. So I'm sure you could actually figure that out. And, you know, we have guys who we have, you know, uh, all time scoring for these guys. We can see how low they have gone, but you know, like you said, it's just going to mirror the, the regular market. Um, I would say, you know, if we were looking at that, there are some guys at the, you know, higher up who, have super high variance like a Keegan who could just, I mean, like he could shoot whatever he wants on a day where he can get the putter going because he's so good with his irons. And then you got guys like like a Cam Smith to me, it's going to be a little bit harder because he's more of a short game kind of scrambler kind of dude. Yeah, Bradley 66 to 1 in that market. As I was scrolling down, there was some bigger numbers there. Like even somebody like Homa at 125 to 1, I know that he's a better player. I think he has a couple low rounds, something like that. So I'll poke around there and look. Were there any of these markets you got into? I know our buddy Dwayne uh, D Money has been talking up. Corey Connors here is top Canadian. I'm actually looking. I still see minus 162 here at um, DraftKings, basically. It's just him. Adam Hadwin, and uh, I forget who the third guy is, but what do you think of that? Kinsey Hughes. Some other markets like that? Kinsey Hughes, yeah, you'll get a Kinsey Hughes. The Canadians aren't overly strong right now. That's a lot of juice delay, though. I do love Corey Connors in a lot of different ways. I'll probably have an outright on him. Um, but, you know, the, the, the other guys, this course doesn't fit as well. If it gets a little tough, McKenzie Hughes is a guy who can just kind of scramble around. Um, so, you know, if that's the case – I don't know. Laying juice in those kind of markets to me, just, I, just, I don't know. Again, I have a hard time making numbers for these. It's, you know, it's not something that we do on a, on a weekly, week to week basis. But I, I would just start with wanting some, some dogs, some plus numbers. Like that would kind of be where, where I start, and I'd, I'd more or less go from there. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And a, a good point that got brought up. Uh, I can't remember exactly who brought it up. I actually, somebody in a Slack chat mentioned this to me when I was getting involved in some nationality props. And, I, you know, I was joking about uh, top Frenchmen. It's Perez and Rosner. And then it was stuff, actually, myself and Pam used both of these last night on Approaching Green. She went with top Belgian because it's just Peters and Detry. And we said, well, it's just like a head-to-head -head with these two. But head-to-heads don't have, uh, you know, dead heat rules. Yeah. So, you know, if you're betting a head-to-head -head and, and they finish with the same final score, you just get your money back. If you bet a head-to-head like this in a nationality prop most likely and read the rules at your sports book it does have dead heat rules 
So if you bet minus 120 or you bet a minus number on these, you're getting chopped with the other guy and you'll actually lose money on a, <laughs> on a push. So yeah. don't, you know, keep an eye on that. Always read your sportsbooks rules, especially on, on props like that. Cause uh, you know, I'm, I could be wrong. I haven't looked everywhere. I don't know if it is dead heat, but most of those nationality, most of those group betting ones are dead heat rules. If you have questions about dead heat rules, direct them at J Maz. That's complex. <laughs> it's, it's I've, I've described it as just the most depressing math possible in in sports, but basically it, it chops it between your who you have by how many people tied for that place. And if you even with a two way tie, if you are not at even money or better, you'll lose money on that. You will it will not even have your stake returned all the way to you. So keep an eye out for that. So don't don't get too weird on some of those things. Like uh, like you both said, kind of take it easy on some of those prop markets because they're harder to forecast. And like and like I said, the dead heat rules can come and bite you. But yeah, it's tough with Connors. Like if you think that's too much juice, if you're scared of laying that. And you love Corey Connors. He has a big outright number still. He has some head-to-heads with some other golfers he could look at as well. So you know how we feel about uh, Corey. Corey's yeah. your guy. What well, one I like, it's interesting, is um, Top Asian is an interesting market this week. It's been heck decky for more or less a decade. Like ever since he came on, he's pretty much dominated this. We have some better Asian players at this at this stage when you have uh, you know, Sungjae and, and Siwoo came in. If you think Deki is going to be rusty, I mean, my guess is he probably hasn't swung much. He's been doing a lot of shit coming off a major championship, like, you know, especially a Masters uh, a Masters win. You might be able to get something there. You know, Sungjae is an excellent putter. Um, and then uh, Siwoo Kim has been striking the hell out of the ball this season. So those two guys are, are pretty live in that market. Yeah. You know, as a lot of people I've heard talk about this course, and I know one of you guys always really look at ball striking and things like that, but it seems like even more so this week that's going to be important. We've got tiny greens. You know, I think basically anybody that gets on the green is going to be close enough to start to make some putts. So um, it, more than ever, you're looking at some high-variance guys. I know Matsuyama is one of those guys, but it sounds like maybe you're throwing him out a little bit for rust. Is there anybody else that kind of pot for you this week? You want to go ahead, Andy. You got this? You're asking me. He, no, and I guess too. Just with the greens talk, I want you to speak to the the pass below because yeah. I've seen so fucking much content <laughs> about this. And yeah. like you know, the, the greens are small, they're soft. Like there are guys that like uh, like Alex said that are going to pop at ball striking. But expounding on that, if you could also talk about like people, I've seen people trying to use like Punta Cana as a comp, or like you know uh, Mayakoba. Like not only were the fields not a major course, you know, a major tournament field, but those just aren't hard courses. Yeah. Like those, that's like, that's like the, the rocket mortgage held in the Caribbean. Yeah, like they're they're much courses. easier. Courses. You can't, I don't think you should be using some of that. You should be more of what, like Alex said, looking for some guys who have had luck, no matter where the course is hitting the, hitting smaller greens like this with good approach shots. And then, and then I, you know, I think the Pete Diagonal is interesting too. Uh, and we'll I'll talk about the greens in a second, but like, you know, Dye doesn't have long golf courses. It's kind of the thing of his is, is very much positioning off tees. Uh, even with your driver, like you have to be accurate. You have to have the right angle into green. So you would have to assume that this plays like every other Pete Dye. It's just a little bit longer than most of them. Cause I don't, he doesn't have a, a 7,800 yard in his, in his uh, repertoire other than here. Um, the pass balance interesting. It's basically, only found in like like uh, areas that are on the coast, like on the water. It doesn't grow real fast, and, it, and it's relatively shaggy because when the winds pick up, and the reason why it's perfect is because you don't need it fast. Because if there are 30, 40-mile-an-hour winds and you had fast greens, I mean, you're just dead. The, the whole the whole tournament shuts down because the ball won't stay on the damn greens, right? So it's just a shaggier grass. There's not a lot to it. There's no grain to it. 
Um, and it's really foreign to these guys. And from I've never played it before, but from what everything I say, it rolls a lot like bent grass, which is just more or less pure. And it's just going to be really slow because that you never know what the winds are going to do. And, and again, they could probably get this shit really quick, but they're not going to. And that and that's only to protect the golf course from what we saw at Riviera this year, where they f- shut the damn thing down because they couldn't get the uh, the ball to stay on the green. <laughs> it was so windy, which is like blowing off the green. Yeah, like you do not want that at a PGA Championship. Like that's just never going to happen, right? So. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's a narrative. It's a storyline. We don't know a lot about the grass. To me, it, it, the, the the size of the greens is a lot more important because if you're on the green, you're more likely to have a decent uh, you know chance chance to, to make a putt. And if you have easy to putt greens, whether they're you know it's any kind of slow greens, doesn't matter if it's Bermuda, doesn't matter if it's Poe, doesn't matter if it's bent. If they're slow, these guys will be able to attack them. So the grass aside, it's the speed of the greens that's way more important this week for me. What, what are yeah. we rolling, like an 11? Yeah, I mean, they said 12 max, and I don't even think they're going to get there, personally. Yeah, if, if anybody forgot about that at Riviera, like, they stopped they stopped a golf course, not or stopped a golf tournament, not for lightning, not for heavy rain, not for darkness, but because it was too damn windy, and they'd rolled the greens and mowed the greens and not watered the greens enough, so they were fast enough, so you'd see balls landing, and then moving with the wind, which was some of the most ridiculous clips I've ever seen on Twitter of people and the ball just would keep going and then it would change directions and things were blowing well off greens. It was, it was lunacy. So hopefully uh, that uh, not that I want to see last week or I want to see, you know, TPS TPC twin cities or the Detroit one where somebody finishes 25 under, but also I, I hate it when it's like, like that where it's like all right you've gone too far you've like i can't even cheer for the course anymore yeah, like, the course. i still <laughs> I, I, I still want to see people being able to play like normal golf at yeah. some point here so hopefully it does play tough but oh yeah they they keep the greens a little slower a little softer and maybe they'll use some advanced tee boxes too absolutely now my favorite prop how does that affect hole-in-ones can we bet on there to be a hole-in-one this week how does that usually go in these again it seems like things are going to be a little slow, which I assume isn't good for hole in ones. You really want to, you know, balls kind of rolling into the hole, if you will. So, what do you think about that? You know, the, the problem is that they're just long. Like that 16th, like you just check that one off. That one's not a hole in one. No one's even going for that green hardly, let alone the let alone the ball. So now we have three. They're hard. They're just long and hard. And if it does get windy, you know that that just diminishes the chances of that happening. I think there was one that was like playing like 180. So we could see one there. And you know, more more than anything with with the uh, with the hole in one problem, if we get. I'm not saying these things are going to be like soft and they're going to be plugging and it's going to, they're going to be sitting there spinning shit back. It's just, it's very difficult to do that in any kind of wind, especially downwind. You know, you're not going to be able to hold the greens anyway. So that's why they are you know, usually not that firm. Um, but, you know, look at the whole one problem. You're just looking at distance. And when you can just check one hole completely off where there's zero chance that it happens, Becomes a little bit harder. I, what what is the line on that? Do you have a line for me? I'm seeing minus one twenty for the yes, no minus one ten. Man, the no minus one ten seems like a freaking gimme bet to me. And then yeah. you also have to remember this field has like a bunch of random PGA pros, not PGA tour pros, PGA like club pros, like guy who give you yeah. lessons on every every Sunday afternoon guy. Um, and they're obviously sticks. They're really good players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them. these guys. Are super super good. 
But, like, you have, like, 20 of them. So just knock those guys out, too. You got former winners. Just knock those yeah, guys out, Yeah, you got Y.E. Yeah. Yang or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's some older – just like a lot of these men. I was going to say – John Daly's you made the, in this damn field. Yeah, John, John, John Daly. If John Daly makes a hole-in-one now, I'm going to be super pissed. But, oh yeah, last night for – again, with Pam, we both took the no just because the the length of these threes. And then I also added the fact that, like, yeah, there's some club, like, teaching pros. And like you said, not to take away from them, they're better golfers than all of us. They're fine, but they're not, you know, they're not tour professionals. They're not even, you know, making it uh, on the lower levels. They just, they, I, why are they playing again? Explain that to me. They have a just tournament for- to get into this thing. Like just, it's just a head pro tournament. So you go through qualifiers and oh, like, shit. this is like their Super Bowl. So, I mean, these guys are they're sticks. Don't get me wrong. They're like plus threes, plus fours out there, head pro guys. Uh, but they're not, they're such, a, I mean, they're such a difference. Like these aren't even corn to- fairy tour level players. Yeah. Cause I did look at one prop. It was basically, Oh God, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like worst round possible. Yeah. Like, who, oh. What's the what's the worst score? And with like with the day, you know, the possibility of a daily blow up and some of these older players, I have thought about it. But you had to lay like minus fifty on, and I mean somebody somebody had to shoot like an eighty six, which you know there, there's there's some eighty there's some mid eighties out there. But yeah. basically <laughs> basically. You, you're only getting Thursday and Friday for that. That's a good like, point. I don't think somebody makes the cut and then goes out and shoots 88. So I'm going to look at that again. I'm going to actually look at uh, – see if I can look at the early rounds uh, uh, in the 2012. You know, I said throw out a lot of 2012, but I might kind of look at that and see, like, man, were there some really big blow-up rounds at this course? Yeah. Say so it might play a little easier this time. It's still something to dig Friday, in. Friday, so. you'll, you'll see all kinds of – there were, like, 90s on Friday last in 2012. It was, it was absolute mayhem. May- may- yeah, I mentioned I mentioned that uh, I don't know who I mentioned that to, but I did see that like Friday in 2012, the average score was 78. It was impossible. which is just <laughs> not not great. So, all right, before we cut you loose here, I know you have a busy day or whatever. I'm I'm assuming you just got up actually, but the rest of your day will be busy because a lot of things left to do. You got to put your card together. Just who wins? You have to you have to pick it. Just a W, just a winner. Yeah, just who just wins? So why we've is it seen this. I, we've seen so many first-time major winners recently. I mean, going back, I mean, a really long way. So I think we're going to get a first-timer. I think it's time for Daniel Berger to finally take home the majors. Four wins on tour. He has a win this year, the AT&T a win last year. Pope, uh, you know, the first tournament back from COVID. He hits a wonderful golf ball. If it does get wind, he has the lowest apex on his driver almost in its entire field. So he's going to be able to just hit little low darts all over the place. I like Berger to take it home. Yeah, he's like a poor man's Usti, really. Yeah. So I'll I'll take that, and oh I'll, maybe God. I'll add him to my add him my post Usti. Smaller head. <laughs> yeah, he does have a smaller head. I, I've been God. looking at way too many pictures of Usti and his pumpkin, his un, unique pumpkin. This and looks a like a Lego man. He's not watching this. Jesus, <laughs> it's, it's killing me. Oh, that's so. All right. Well, thanks a lot to James for yeah. joining us again. Good awesome. luck with everything you do. Look for uh, you, your card's not out yet. No, you not quite. I have some outrights. I still need to figure it out, to be honest. I haven't so, quite gotten to yeah. that. At JMazJD on Twitter. Your stuff will be out later tonight. You can check out the For Profit podcast that was up last night. And yeah, obviously follow him on Twitter if you want to see everything he's betting this week. Thanks, James. Yeah, again, anytime, guys. Good luck. See you, buddy. Thanks. I seen you added some tennis to the sheet too. I wasn't. Gonna... I did. I, I found. I found one in there. It opened up just just before we were getting started. Again, it's 
that's a tough part. I like European tennis. It's convenient for me. It's on in the morning. I get up. I'm doing some stuff. There's scores. Lines come in. I get a chance to actually play openers as opposed to being asleep when it's on different other places. But it's not ideal for this format necessarily. But we did get one in today, and we do have one coming up. You know, if you didn't get that Coco Golf bet in yesterday, you still have, I believe, oh, a few if, minutes, if it, 10, 15. If it goes three sets, I mean, they're they're pushing that back at least 10, 15 minutes from here now. So, yeah, Coco Golf, and uh, we did get some CLV. That is up at 20 a, and a, half, I saw. a fairly, priced, uh, fairly priced 20 and a half or a 20 with some extra juice. So if you did get the 19 and a half with us during the show yesterday, congrats. You have not won any money yet, but you got the best of the numbers. So good job on that. Um, and speaking of numbers that we already bet and stuff we already went through, this is also a bet from the other day. You spoke about this Monday when numbers came out. You can still get uh, pretty decent. I think some people got some sixes or maybe even better on Golden State if they hit the the absolute cold openers. But uh, this is uh, this is what we're looking at for tonight. We have two, again, two play-in games. I was saying to Alex yesterday earlier how after the first play-in game, I was like, oh, my God, do we really need play-in games? Like, that's that was awful. <laughs> the second one was a little better. But, yeah, Spurs-Grizzlies tonight. Memphis is a four-point favorite. And that is the, you know, the, the team who loses there will be eliminated completely. And then Warriors-Lakers, the 7-8. Winner gets in. Loser plays the winner of the Spurs and Grizz match. And you like uh, Golden State. We went over this a little Monday, still on that train. So that is the late game. That'll be, I think, 10 Eastern. That's uh Yeah, that looks like it'll be 10. When I talked about this, you know, Golden State was plus five when I talked about it. It's moved out a little bit. Some Lakers money has come in now that LeBron is probable. Um, five and a half is good. Again, myself, I played this at six and a half and plus 200. It's just a really nice spot for a Golden State team that's moving in a positive direction against a Lakers team that's you know kind of flat here. As much as a LeBron playing is good for them, obviously, and the Lakers did well against Golden State. They were two and one with two big wins this year. But you start to dissect those wins a little bit. One was a game where Draymond Green hurt his ankle and was out in the second quarter. The other was a game where um, Golden State was on a back to back and looking ahead to a four game road trip there. So you know, give them a little bit of a break there, but. Just really like the matchup here. I think the Warriors will be able to keep this game close, especially given how slow I expect it to be. This should be a, a fairly low-scoring affair. And you know, the money line to me, just there's some value in that number. I'm playing the 5.5 at a full unit, the plus 190 at half a unit. We just need the right Curry performance, and the Warriors win this game. So um, we'll, we'll back Golden State tonight in what I think will be a competitive and pretty fun game. Yeah, I'm down. I will not stay up for this game. This will be, I treat this like tennis. I will just check my counts in the morning, see if I won or not, because Christ, I'll try to because stay these, up. Yeah, these games are so, I might watch the first half, but I'll be up, I'll be, have just done the deep dive. I'll be tired. So speaking of Afternoon, treating it yeah. like tennis, when is this match? You got one in Belgrade. Belgrade, this should be around 5, 6 o'clock in the morning Eastern tomorrow. Again, the order of play is coming out. Um, Nadia Podoroska here is going to play Anna Kanju. Anna Kanju, an older player that My took Anna a break, Kanju. I believe, to have a child or something. Anyway, took, took kind of a hiatus, has come back, played very well, was a good player when she did play, but I just think she's going to be outmatched here by the younger Podoroska. We bet on her quite a bit. I at one fifteen, I like this number quite a bit. I have her closer to minus one fifty myself. So, you know, I would play this out to minus one thirty. 
you know, I take a look again, the minus 115 still out there. Again, it should be a very competitive match. Um, might look at, at some sort of alt spreads at some point later for Potaroska, but minus 115 is a good number. Would play this at the minus 125. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. When she, she won a match in Miami and that was like her first main draw win in like two years or something. It, uh, yeah, it's been a while. She, she was a name. And yeah, she she did have some injuries. She had some some issues there, but uh, it some it doesn't. Know, it's not like riding a bike. Like you know how to play tennis, but playing tennis at a super high level is tough. So, especially if you get older. overnight. Yes, it doesn't oh, help. Yeah. To, you know, every yet. day, Literally. every minute, you're getting older. So, get some coffee and tennis. Serbian coffee. Serbian never had tennis. No, nope, Bel- I was going to say I've never heard of a Belgrade tournament. Although some of these the men had one this year, I don't know. There's a lot. There's, they're looking for anywhere that can have tournaments this year. I think so. Just yeah. Who, who's lifted? Who's lifted restrictions? Whose airport's easiest to get through? Like we'll have a tennis tournament there. So, all right. Well, that's probably it. Tomorrow we'll do much more NBA because actual NBA playoffs. We'll have an NBA guest. We'll talk real playoffs, not playing games. Uh, we do thank our sponsor, WinBet. Make sure to sign up if you haven't yet. More states are opening every day. Not every day, but sort of. You know, that's hyperbole. We're getting there, though. And are uh, working on it. It's in process. It's in the process. The links are in any our pinned tweet. Yeah, any any day it could be coming to you. Like, I know Indiana had some some exciting stuff. I'm, I'm sure they're working on they're working on licensing everywhere. So check them out if you're in one of the states where you can sign up, get your $500 risk-free bet. And thanks again for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for helping me get through the crypto collapse of today. Actually, I didn't lose that much. I'm so much is just in DeFi or I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very risk averse in this as well. So I didn't lose as much money as. I should have, I guess. I should be more risky, but we'll live. I didn't have to sell a kidney yet. If you're in the YouTube, give me a thumbs up for having two kidneys still, and we'll catch you tomorrow.